tonight I want to talk about taking care of ourselves. Hmm? <laughs> I know, right? I, uh, I just had a bunch of rambling notes, and um, I did a half day this morning. And really what, what came out of all of this was taking care of ourselves. I was, I was traveling last week. I went to Nashville and Atlanta, and I got to teach in both those places and meet a whole bunch of people. And I think I talked the last time I was here about, I was very self-indulgent, I talked about my trip to New York and um, how challenging that was because the way people were not taking care of themselves or they had no tools to take care of themselves and it was just really, uh, uh, they were having a difficult time uh, working through things. And... Um, Last week when I was in Nashville and Atlanta, I was with people who are practicing, but it's at the, in such a broad spectrum of practice and experience and where they were in their lives and where they were um, uh, just in general, just seeing, again, this, this, this big, big, big picture. I can get so... Uh, roped into some tunnel vision where it's all about where am I and what, how am I doing with this, but just stepping back and seeing how all these other people are in all these different places, just as everyone in this room is in a different place. But we're all in this room. It's like last week, the people were all in those rooms in, um, in two different places. And um, This morning I did a half day, did a half day with, um, it was kind of, for organizers and activists. It was for, through this organization that I'm on the board of. And there were, um, there was one, two people in the room who had practiced before. They'd been Zen practitioners for many, many years. But there was a nun, a Catholic nun, and a, and a, a Methodist minister, and a universal, Unitarian Universalist minister, and a, and a deacon, an Episcopalian deacon, and um, most, many of whom had never, never practiced before. And uh, so I was offering them meditation as a way to, because they're social justice workers and working in very difficult circumstances, and we get burned out. And so, so it's just reflecting on this big, big spectrum of uh, people and where they are and, and the things that each of us are dealing with in our lives. And what came up for me around all of this was A, taking care of ourselves, but B, that, that title of Pema Chodron's book, Start Where You Are. I looked for it the other day when I was teaching on Thursday and I realized I've loaned out all my Pema Chodron books. I have none. I have no idea who has them. So I have no Pema Chodron books basically. But um, I did read Start Where You Are 25 years ago and it was really profound. That's why I wanted to look at it again. It's like, what was so profound about that book? Um, but it was my first exposure to her, maybe that's what it just resonated so much with me. But I love that phrase, and I say it a lot, because where else can you start? Where else can you start but where you are, except we want to start somewhere else. We always want to be somewhere. I don't know. A lot of times we want to be somewhere else. You want to be escrow closed. <laughs> hmm? You want to be in your new home. It's like, uh... 
you know, we want to be on the other side. I have all this stuff I have to do in the next week. I got, I was gone for a week in New York. Then I came back for like, it seems like a very condensed period of time. And then I was gone again. And I've been back just for a couple of days. And now and I'm not going to be gone for a while, but it's like all this stuff seems to have piled up. And now I have to get through all this stuff. And they all have time deadlines or I'm late on getting things done. And, um, and, and so I want to be on the other side of it. And I'm, it's, I find myself getting cranky. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no one to be cranky with. I'm just like, I'm cranky in my own head. I'm cranky in my own head. And I, I recognize that. Actually, it's, it takes me a while because it's real. You know, the struggle is real. <laughs> and then I realize, oh, you're just being cranky. Oh, you're just, oh. And when I can finally label cranky, then it shifts perspective. I was talking about that today. It just shifts perspective. It was interesting. When we were sitting this morning, I was at this church that he'd never been to. It's St. John's Cathedral. I don't know if it's down, um, it's on Adams and Figueroa. And it's from 19, it was built in 1924. It's this Episcopal Cathedral and it's on the National Register of Historic Places. It's gorgeous inside. It's, mm. it was, it's absolutely stunning. Anyway, we were not in the, in the church, but we were in a parish room. And um, while we were meditating, a car alarm went off. It was a kind of a noisy area, and a car alarm went off and, and ran for a while. And, and we were talking about our experiences later, and one woman said when the car alarm went off, she was very, very annoyed with it. And then she said, she stopped, and she said, oh. And she listened to it as if it were a heartbeat. And she went, oh, it was a heartbeat. And it felt nice and comforting to her. And then it's then she got pissed off when it stopped because it was like, my heartbeat's gone. So it, when she said, I, I made it into a heartbeat, everybody in the room went, ah. Oh. And I said, that's nice, but maybe you just hang out with it as a car alarm. Because what we're doing is, that's unpleasant. How do I make it pleasant? Instead of being with your experience of, this is unpleasant. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, because we want to immediately, I don't want the unpleasant in my life. I only want pleasant. And then I thought it was extra special as a a teaching point because then when she changed it into something she liked and then it ended and then she was annoyed. So there's never a finite place to land where you're always done. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and he thought escrow was bad. He thought escrow was bad, exactly. Let it be done. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, but, you know, I, I'm reading Mindful of Race by Ruth King. I don't know if any of you have read that. It's really good. But she talks about, you know, the, the, the characteristics of Anicca, Anatta, and Dukkha. But she, she changes the words to, it's not, I wrote it down. Nothing is perfect, permanent, or personal. I love that. Nothing is permanent, perfect, or personal. So perfect is Dukkha. 
You know, nothing is perfect. There's always going to be dukkha. There's always going to be car alarms intruding on our meditation. Can you be with the unpleasant? There's always going to be one more thing. Nothing is permanent. The, the heartbeat that you change the car alarm into is ending. Nothing is permanent. You will soon be in your new home. So your current situation is not permanent. And nothing is personal. No one's doing this to us. It happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. So I, I love that because it's an easier way to connect with the phrases, I think. Permanent, personal, perfect. So really, you know, coming back to this, um, this starting where you are, it's about recognizing where you are. Really being able to be, be willing to be where you are right now, like cranky or disturbed by the noises or, or fearful of what's going to happen. You know, not just recognizing that that's present. It's so important, and that's what we're doing in meditation. We're, we're, we're recognizing our stories. We're recognizing, becoming familiar with how we um, hobble ourselves, so to speak. The limitations we put on ourselves, the, uh, the, the storylines, the, the, the ideas that we say yes to. Yes, I can do this, or no, I can't do that. All that stuff that's injected, um, you know, that mental torment. I was reading something about this. Um, uh, I don't remember what it was I was reading about, but they were talking about the defilements of the mind. And, you know, this is the, the greed, the hatred, delusion, the, and the, those things that show up. But they describe them also as mental torment. Anybody, anybody get the f mental torment? Yeah. We do that, and it's all self-imposed. And the papancha, the proliferation of thought, the fabrications that are there. They also talk. They talk about how it obscures the mind. You know, it disrupts these 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 um, defilements. Dis disrupt the equilibrium of the mind, and that's why we want to move towards equanimity. And equanimity is that place where you're not bowled over by the defilements. You're not, you don't need to change things in order to be okay. You can be with things as they are. You let go of your expectations about how things need to be. You can just be with them. So really making the effort to sit still, getting out of the storyline, and saying, where am I? What's the most appropriate response to where I am? How do I take care of myself in this moment? What do I need? Not in a selfish kind of way. I need you to, you know, get out of my lane because then I'll be happy. But what nurturing? You know, and that's um, a lot of times in practice when people have been practicing for a while, you can start learning to trust your instincts. What is, what do I need? Do I need some loving kindness right now? Do 
We need some compassion right now. How do I hold myself wisely? And this is where the teachings are so helpful. You get, you have all these lists of things that you can look at, like, oh, maybe I need to bring some more effort. Maybe I've been a little lackadaisical with my practice. Maybe I just kind of like turn on my meditation bell and just, you know, continue my nap. I get up early so I can meditate and then I just sleep through my meditation. <laughs> I have done that um, a little bit in my life. Um, you know, uh, am I stuck in expectations? You know, it came up this morning when we were talking because these are folks who are in social action. It came up this morning because these are all folks that do work. And talking about expectations, it's you have to uh, recognize that you're not going to get it all done. Whatever you're doing, you're not going to get necessarily to the finish line. And how can, can you be okay with that? And somebody brought up the example of uh, like back in the Middle Ages when they were building these great cathedrals in Europe, they took hundreds of years to build. So the stonemasons somewhere in that, you know, they were doing their job and they were doing the best they could. And, and what it dawned on me is the architect who designed the cathedral never saw it finished. I was, to add to that, I was just um, at the Great Wall of China. Yeah. And, um, like, literally, like, two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I saw your picture. And um, they were saying, as much as I can understand anybody, how many people died while making the wall are actually buried, mm. like, under and inside the wall. They never saw a final product. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so to think that somehow we need to accomplish something or we need to, we, if something, you know, is like in the social justice arena and, the, and the, um, there were some people there who worked in affordable housing, I mean, really people who are doing work. Um, and this happens a lot, like, uh, I talked to a friend who's a union organizer, and he's like, you always want to get to the finish line and have it be done. You want to end this, the, the misogyny and the patriarchy and, and, and the homophobia and all this stuff you want it to end. But if you look at these, these, um, uh, these, these uh, I can't think of a word, too busy singing baby shark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you look at these, you know, the, 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 these movements for, like, suffrage took forever and civil rights took forever. I mean, it's still going on. Oh, we had a black president. There's no more racism. It's like, uh, no, that's not true. I mean, it's continually moving. So to not have that expectation that you're going to get to the goal line. What is it? I think it's a, someone talked about it. Maybe you're familiar. Uh, I think it's um, that you might know. Um, I don't know if it's Torah or what. There's a line saying, and I, I, one woman said it this morning, and I didn't write it down, talking about you are not expected to finish, but you are expected to do the work, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, doesn't make sense. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I've heard it before. But you're not, you're not, it's some spiritual literature said, you're not expected to finish, but you're expected to do the work. You know, you have to 
do, you know, do what's in front of your face. And sometimes that's just taking care of yourself. Sometimes that's retreating. That's what I was bringing to this morning. It's like we have to, we have to nourish ourselves. We can't overwhelm ourselves. We can't say, I have to do this. I have to be at every protest or I have to do every job. I have to, I have to you know, sign every petition and make every phone call. We can't do all that. We cannot take that on. That's too much. We have to see what's appropriate for us. There was this one woman today, she's been a nun and she's, she's an activist and she's like done it like her whole life. And she's like, I'm getting to the age now, I can't do that. You know, she's had knee replacements, she can't go on marches anymore, she can't do, so it's shifting and changing. You know, impermanence, impermanence. So you have to also let go of your, I've always done this, therefore I must continue to do this. But recognize that in our own lives we change and shift. You're not, we're not these solid beings. Our reality shifts over time. And so what we used to do may not, may not be appropriate anymore. Now I can do this. Oh, I couldn't used to do this. Now I can do this. Or I used to do this and now I can't do this. And how do I hold that? How do we hold that? You know, do we get angry? Do we fight? I've seen people, you know, fight against age and sickness. This woman this morning was sharing that she had sciatica and I was laughing at her saying that's because she did something wrong, which was brand new for her. She's just developing sciatica and arthritis and and I was saying, well, our culture will tell you it's because you didn't buy the correct supplements and you did something wrong in 1974, obviously. And she goes, yes, I, I admit to it freely. You know, that's what we're told. Instead of going, oh, no, this is reality. How do we hold it? Can we be kind to ourselves? That's really taking care of ourselves. More and more and more and more and more, I believe it ultimately rests on that kindness and compassion we have for ourselves. It's of utmost importance, utmost importance. Because the kinder and more compassionate we are with ourselves, the kinder and more compassionate we can be with others. It doesn't mean that if we're not kind to ourselves, we can't be kind to others, but I've, I've found the deepening of it. Is, and I've seen it written. I've seen quotes by other people, so I'm not just making this up. It's been my experience, and I found quotes to, you know, what is it they call confirmation bias. <laughs> I've got a lot of confirmation <laughs> bias on that one. Yeah. So um, taking care of ourselves is so important. So retreating, even for a couple of hours, it's like, you know what, I'm taking tomorrow off. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. It's, I have a lot to do tomorrow. But I'm just saying you know, and within, and not like um, swinging too far and not doing anything, you know. Yeah, that's a beautiful image of a rooted tree, because if you're deeply rooted, those eight worldly winds are, gonna no are not going to knock you over. You're going to be solid. It's those trees with the really shallow roots that get whipped up by the Santa Anas. You know, or after a fire, and then the, there's nothing to hold the earth in. Then the rain comes and the mudslides come. You know, and really that, those deep roots and that taking care of ourselves, that self-compassion and really, what do I need? 
And giving yourself permission not to save the world or not to do what you think you need to do, even if you're just sitting at home thinking about what you're supposed to be doing. Give yourself a break from that. Because that's not the present moment either. The present moment is right here, not I should, I should, I should, I shouldn't have. It's what do you need right now? How do you, how do you take care of yourself? What do you need? That's a really important question. It's an incredible, how, how, how many of you ask yourself that question? Yeah. No. See what you started last It's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. Well, I did the loving-kindness. I did a little bit of loving-kindness practice this morning, and this one woman said that she, you know, a couple of people said it was difficult, as many of us do when we first start, but she said it was just a totally new concept of offering that. Not that it was difficult, but it was just new, and she was not a young woman, you know? But just that we're just not used to offering that for ourselves, just like everybody else. Everybody else. I listened to a, a, a talk recently, and the teacher was speaking about, like, same thing, what are your needs? And then expressing that mm. to somebody. So that's twofold there. Yeah, expressing because it. Because expressing it, then there's the fear of, well, now am I going to be rejected? Because these are what my needs are. Then ouch on that, right? Yeah, that's a real key concept in nonviolent communication is finding what are your needs? Mm -hmm. What are your needs? What needs to be met? And what's not being met? Mm -hmm. and, and recognizing that not everybody, you may not, you can't be dependent necessarily on others to meet your needs. It's like, okay, this is not meeting my needs. How do I take care of myself in this situation? Because that's what we get into being that needy. I need you to, you need to do this so I'm okay. That's not what this is about. It's a how do we take care of ourselves? You know, and then doing it, not not watching the, and this is where you the wise speech comes in, watching the judging mind, not worthy, don't deserve, later, other things, because we've been trained that we're selfish when we do that, and it's so it's so not true. I'm just becoming more and more adamant about that. One more than I did a couple of undefended heart talks last week in a couple of different places, and it's just really apparent that we have to nurture and be kind to ourselves. Because everybody suffers, everybody, from something or another. And we don't want to carry that, that um, you know, that harshness, that hardness in our hearts. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, mm -hmm. So really, we have to um, continue this path and, and look at this, uh, this practice and um, become familiar with our own stories. How do you cut yourself short, sell yourself short? How do you get in your own way? How do you not take care of yourself? What's your, what's your thing? What do you need? Start where you are. Where are you? What is, what is a, a, a place of discomfort for you right now? Where are you uncomfortable right now? And how do you, how do you address that? 
like patience or um, effort or determination or loving kindness or compassion or saying what needs to be said. Using the, the Buddha has laid out an amazing array of tools to use. Eightfold path, the paramis, the you know those teachings. Uh, my, yeah, I get to talk to, to I'm blue in the face about, oh, no, I'll talk to I'm blue in my hand about uh, why speech and how important that is for me personally. And it's been so huge for my healing, learning how to speak. Just, and, and having that solid foundation of the teaching to land on, utilize the tools that are available. Mindfulness, you know. The idea around um, all beings experience this discomfort. All beings experience aging, sickness, and death. All, be all beings. Well, some beings don't age. Well, they age from the time they're born, but not necessarily into old age. Some beings do, not all beings. But recognize it's part of the human condition that we all suffer from. We all, not only when I say suffer from, but we all experience. And it can be unpleasant. And how do you hold that unpleasantness? How do you take care of yourself in the midst of that grief, in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of the sadness? And how do you take care of yourself in the midst of joy and happiness? That can be challenging just as much as the difficulties can be challenging. So make the effort to be very intentional about how you move through the world. What is this? What is this? There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no one to be. There's no, there's no measurement that has to be reached. How do I just, you know, let go of all those, those, those things? How do I just take care of your, my own heart? How do you take care of your own heart? Ruth King has a line that uh, came out of her book, um, Mindful of Race. We free ourselves by loving ourselves. She says a lot of good stuff. We free ourselves by loving ourselves. And if that's really difficult, well, how do you start? The, even the idea, oh, Okay, free myself by loving myself. Okay, I'm going to put that over here because that's really difficult, but I know it's important. And I'm not going to have, what do they say? I'm not going to have contempt prior to investigation. I'm going to go, okay, I don't understand that, but faith is one of the um, five spiritual faculties. Faith is the first one. I have faith. I trust the folks who have come before me that that is... Um, an important teaching. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it over there and then one day. One day. It's like all of these things. You start where you are. What is causing you the most discomfort right now? That's where you start. And recognize it takes a while. It takes a while. Just like it takes a couple hundred years to build a cathedral. I don't know how long it took to build pyramids, probably a very long time. <laughs> You know, we're still fighting these, these battles against all the systemic, um, uh, all the isms. 
the Buddha lived, or the Buddha lived all his prior lives, many, 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 many lives to, to develop loving kindness, to develop compassion, to develop patience and truthfulness and, and determination. So it takes a long time. So just be gentle with yourselves and recognize that this is where I am and I, can, I have to start here. You know, there's a story a friend of mine years ago told when she knew a guy who, um, uh, he, he I guess he'd been, you know, he'd been a drug addict and alcoholic, all these things, and she saw him shoplifting a lighter or something, and she was horrified. You know, you're supposed to be living this other way, and she, she complained to somebody, and it's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm happy he just took a lighter. You should have seen, you know, he used to, you know, he was in jail for armed robbery, so shoplifting a lighter is like, yay! So watch the judgment, too, of yourself. Not just others, but yourself, because start where you are. If you're committing armed robbery and you no longer do that, that's good. I mean, that's a low bar, but... <laughs> it's a really low bar, but... <laughs> You get my point. <laughs> okay. So, any, I'd love to hear any. That's what I did the other night is I made everybody go around and, and say what they needed to start, where they were, and what they needed to work on. And um, so I'm going to offer anybody who's uh, had any reflection on that to, to see what make, makes sense for them. I need to just be with everything I need. I Like I mentioned, I have all this shit I have to do. I'm just going to, you know, do what needs to be done and not get cranky about all this uh, don't call me don't you know how busy i am uh, which i can do not that you would know it but i would do it in my own mind i'm like hi i can't talk right here actually i just wouldn't answer the phone because i'm too busy <laughs> but so that's what i just have to be gentler with myself and realize it'll all get done the, the time crunch is all in my mind. And just come back to right now, right? Nothing is that important. So that's where I am with that. 